This is Liz Scafidi with UN News. Years of violence and security in the Eastern Democratic Republic of the Congo have left at least 5.6 million people there displaced. There's not enough funding to help all those in need, the UN Refugee Agency, UNHCR, has warned, adding that some have been forced to sleep out in the open, leaving them vulnerable to sexual abuse, which is widespread throughout the area. In an interview with UN News's Daniel Johnson, the agency's head of external relations, Dominic Hyde, described the desperate scenes she saw for herself in Ituri province last week. Daniel, I've just returned from the eastern province of Ituri in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and I came back angry. I came back infuriated by the harsh impact of underfunding on the lives of the people that I met that were forced to flee their homes. What exactly did you see? We've heard a lot about the Eastern DRC recently. We know there's been mass displacement. It's a mineral-rich area. There are perhaps 100 armed groups. And indeed, the UN mission has come across uh, protests and violent protests, indeed, against the mission itself. We've had killed peacekeepers and indeed protesters have also died. So the situation sounds like it's really a tinderbox. You're absolutely right, Daniel. Sadly, the security situation is deteriorating in the DRC. And since April, we have seen a spike in violence, which has been generated by these multiple armed groups, actually over 120 armed groups. And we have seen over 160,000 people who have been displaced just since April. We've also recorded 800 deaths from firearm attacks and machete raids on local communities. And that's driven over 20,000 people from their homes. It's the largest internal displacement situation on the African continent. I guess things are being overshadowed by the Ukraine crisis. Uh, There's a lot of COVID fatigue, which also has played a, a big role in the instability and insecurity in the Eastern DRC in terms of the amount of government support that is available now, which is dwindling. So the country is among the most underfunded UNHCR operations worldwide. Only 19% of the $225 million that we need has been secured since the start of the year. And that's had real implications on the lives of the people that we're trying to support. That's half of what we had last year. But what I want to say is that Ukraine, it sets a new standard in the way in which communities and governments Uh, open their arms and their lands to people forced to flee their homes from fear, from persecution. And the way in which governments and private individuals responded financially to support the crisis in Ukraine is what we want to see for all people who've been forced to flee, so that people like the ones I met in Congo enjoy the same response that we're able to provide in Ukraine. Tell me a bit more about the kinds of things you saw yourself. I mean, you said that your car was attacked and pelted with stones by angry communities. So they're just desperate, are they? There is desperation. There wasn't one single displaced person that I met in Bunya who hadn't suffered the loss of a family member or in the case of the women being subject to victims of sexual violence. We're trying to provide as much mental health support and psychosocial support that we can, but it's honestly really the bare minimum. And the list goes on. We're only able to provide 18% of the internal displaced people with adequate shelter, which basically means that women, men, girls, boys are forced to sleep in churches and schools and stadiums 
out in the open, or they're going to try and go back home and where they're again going to be targeted by these armed groups. And this is a place, as I mentioned before, where sexual violence is rampant and a locked door can make such a difference. Well, of course, that sounds awful. So what is it that the UN Refugee Agency can do if you've only got less than 20% of funding? Presumably your prevention efforts are having to be cut so that you can respond to these dramatic emergency needs. Well, we're having to balance between supporting the growing number of internally displaced people as well, which has now reached over 5.6 million in the country, with the 500,000 refugees in the country from Central African Republic, from Burundi, Rwanda, and South Sudan. And right now, what it means is that we're only able to provide 16% of South Sudanese refugee children with primary school education because of underfunding. But it actually has meant that we can't support one single refugee child to attend secondary school this year. So those are the decisions that we're taking. And going forward, we're also hopeful that we're going to be seeing refugees who want to go back to the Central African Republic, but we are not able to support them. We are, of course, supporting on protection issues as much as we can, but it's really the bare, bare minimum at this point. You talk about the Central African Republic, and that's not a safe place to send refugees back to from what we hear. So it's not going to be a quick fix, is it? You're going to be in the DRC for a very long time, and South Sudan as well has has huge floods and ongoing violence there too. So I just wonder, what is it that we really need to address to rebuild confidence and hope in these communities? I think we need to see an end to this conflict, an end of these armed groups. We need to be able to advocate for peace. I know that sounds idealistic, but that is the only solution. And an investment in education. We are going to the UN General Assembly, where there is going to be a huge education summit in September. And these are the children that we are leaving behind. And so I think that the development efforts on education, on health, on job opportunities, are some of the solutions to the violence that we are seeing in the country.